Welcome to the End Times Podcast. Hi, my name is Dr. Stephen Finney, and I will be your host. We hope that you enjoy our podcast today. We're revealing the ancient prophecies stated in the Old Testament. We're presently on the book of Nehemiah. We're going verse by verse and extracting absolutely as much as we can from this book. Today's message is called Going to the Front Line. Let's look at our overview for today. Going to the front line of battle is essential for victory. Hiding behind a bush or staying away from where the battle is is not going to accomplish the mission of winning the battle. Understanding that the battle is real is critical. I'm always amazed at how many people that are walking the face of the earth do not believe that there is a spiritual realm that has a drawn sword against the Jews and the Christians. In fact, it's a bit shocking for me. Just because we can't see this world does not mean that we're going to have to engage in it. Fearing the enemy is a confession that the enemy is more powerful than Christ. There's only two kinds of fear. One is the fear of the Lord thy God, which is the beginning of knowledge and holiness. The other kind is punitive, kind of fear that actually traps the person to reject the love of God. In fact, John told us that in fear, there is punishment. So we'll spend some time talking about that today. Never address the enemy personally. When I pray, I don't talk to Satan, I talk to my God. In fact, I do not reference Satan personally in any prayers that I offer up before God. If God wants to address him personally, that's his call. Then finally, we're going to review the details behind rebuilding our walls, demand submission to God as the priority. Let's take a look at our weekly scripture. It's out of Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. Thus in Judah it was said, The strength of the burden bearers is falling, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Our enemies said they will not know or see until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. When the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, They will come up against us from every place where you may turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall and exposed places. And I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, 
and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. One of the most critical elements Nehemiah watched for was his workers losing the strength of the burden or rebuilding while observing the reality that there is a remaining devastation at hand. Since Nehemiah was in tune with the Jews who are unable to rebuild through their failing strength, he knew intuitively that their strength was to be found in the joy of the Lord. Furthermore, noting that the average Jew was hearkening to the inner beliefs of Babylon, I call this the battle of the voices the battle that was beyond the enemy fronting their walls. Keep in mind that these Jews had been in bondage to Babylon for over a generation. Those Babylonian beliefs, practices, many of those were embedded into the way they functioned on a daily basis. The entire time Nehemiah's workers were rebuilding, their enemy was not far off, mocking their efforts and their God. Nehemiah, knowing this, stationed warriors at the parts of the wall that had been in the process of being rebuilt. When he placed these warriors in place, he quickly noticed fear on the faces of each. What did he tell them? Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. The wisdom of God in Nehemiah implored the weak Jews to focus on the might of the Lord. That works through them, by the way. Secondly, he reminded them of this battle is for, first, the Lord God, and then to fight for your brothers, sons, daughters, wives, and houses. That sealed the deal. Energy filled them, and they began to guard the openings with the power of God and the strength that comes with protecting what was theirs. Let's look at going to the front line. Whenever we go to the front lines, where the enemy lives and breathes, he is bound to try to chase us away. Do not submit to his deceptive ideas and lies. Like there is no time, this level of combat isn't necessary, these are only words. We can put this off because we already have too many things to do, or we're tired or too sick or that we are already struggling with worries, doubts, and fears that will prevent us from completing our pathway of deliverance. We should push through it all and respond like warriors. That, of course, is done through rejecting the mockery and lies. This is what Nehemiah and his Jews realized. Let's be honest. Some people experience terrifying feelings of guilt, terrifying spells of panic and depression, which I call oppression, in many cases. If any of these symptoms occur to the point of paralyzing you from remaining 
on the front lines, you will need a spiritual mentor. You know, men with men, women with women, who understand the balance of warfare. They'll need to pray over you and oftentimes stand with you at the wall. Remember, fear is the fire from the dragon's mouth. It is his primary tool of intimidation. It may scorch a few hairs, but don't worry, it's only hot air. Like I said before, never address Satan personally. Do not talk to him. Another warning. Avoid becoming preoccupied with Satan and his domain. Have you ever wondered why people are intrigued with movies, video games, music based on darkness? One of the games that the enemy plays is creating an unhealthy fascination with his work. Many people are caught up in giving more attention and credit to the enemy than they are to God. I call this a demon-behind-every-bush mentality. It is common for those struggling with satanic affliction to be preoccupied with the enemy due to their level of temptation, obsession, negative thoughts. However, one must take special caution to keep their eyes upon Jesus. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Well-trained Christians in the Word and Spirit will not fear Satan or his scheme. They only glance at his works just long enough to readjust their plans of defense. Let's review the battle is real. The Christian is engaged in a spiritual battle, even if they ignore the reality thereof. Satan and his spiritual forces are on the battle line waiting for us each day. A believer does not choose his engagement in this battle. It awaits him each day, and there is no way to get around it. If you are saved and have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in whether you like it or not. Be alert and sober. For your enemy, Satan, roams around the earth seeking whom he may devour, and that includes you. So are you battle ready? If not, don't panic. This series will equip and ready you for taking on the challenges he and his demonic influence have to offer. Be a Nehemiah type. If you're clueless, go to the one who isn't. The Lord our God. Believers are being awakened to the reality that their fight in rebuilding their walls is not against flesh and blood, but the powers of darkness and the principalities of the air. Read more about that in Ephesians chapter 6. So many Christians today are deceived into thinking that what they see is what they battle. In reality, it is opposite of that. It is in what you don't see that you battle. As the Lord draws near, we can be assured that our battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil will intensify. 
but it might be a wise thing for you to do to ask, where does that world flesh and the devil stuff come from? It isn't exactly what that passage revealed in Powers of Darkness. Worldly ideas of pop psychology will increase your ability to face the enemy? Well, that's a madness method that most refuse to realize. Stop turning toward drugs, medication, self-ideas, worldly fables called philosophies of men. God is calling each of his children to call upon him, and he will deliver according to his divine truth and will. If God's sovereignty drops his hedge of protection temporarily by chance, accept his reasons, which are typically for training in spiritual warfare. Qualified leaders in Christ understand the importance of allowing the enemy to win a few blows to build that young warrior in applying what he has been taught. Untested knowledge and training are mute if it is not tested. Now let's review fear of fronting the enemy. Fear of fronting the enemy has held most believers back from boldly going before God's throne regarding the enemy's temptations and afflictions. Remember, Satan could care less about you. He's after God. God's greatest servants have always shared an appreciation of the magnificent power of the Holy Spirit through prayer and the complete victory over Satan's kingdom available to all believers through the mighty person and work of Jesus Christ who lives within us. The book of Ephesians in the New Testament is the handbook on spiritual warfare and prayer. Get to know this book as a handbook. The believer's emphasis in prayer must be upon a biblical and sound doctrinal approach to this subject. The Word of God recognizes that we encounter the three faces of Satan, the world, the flesh, and the devil. When a person becomes born again, their relationship to everything in the physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional world completely changes. Since a believer is a citizen of heaven, he is given the power to face the enemy toe-to-toe, if necessary. Scary? Well, look at it this way. Either we face him head-on, or he will consistently and constantly be nipping at our heels, eating away our lives a little at a time. Thank you for joining us on the End Times Podcast. Until next time.